0: All right, welcome to another edition of the Big Blue Report featuring that guy right there, two-time Super Bowl champion, former defensive captain of your Big Blue New York Giants, Jonathan Casillas, and with us always the professor, Big Daddy D, the president of the Taylor Swift fan club, and (laughs) happy birthday, Tucker. Hey! Little
1: that's that's right. Right. talk, baby.
2: Little we'll talk,
1: going 12-strong going tomorrow. Nice, man. And G- hey, Gemini's in the building, baby. is all about <laughs> uh-huh. it. Yeah, but
2: he fits, too. He absolutely fits that mold. That's good stuff.
0: And I'm Randy Zelia from Back Sports Page. And, guys, OTAs are continuing. Um, and, you know, these are now the dog days of OTAs. These are the days where it's the hello, my name, is name tags come off yep. the they're they're starting to scheme a little bit they're getting some guys back in shape Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence have uh, showed up to OTAs now so you know the gang is almost all here we know who's not here we'll talk about him in a few minutes uh, JC I gotta ask from your perspective because you've done the OTA Sorry, thing huh? for, you know you've done the OTA thing for for a while can you talk about the fact that the the length of OTAs is always a couple weeks long going into that second week what's it really like after the the initial we're back together the band is back together
1: um well you know what the first the first day the first day of OTAs you've already been through phase 1 and phase 2 you've been working out you've been running um you know you're pretty much acclimated to who the guys are who the new get new guys are Guys that are there, they should pretty much know everyone's name, and that just got there are pretty close to you know the guys in their positions. I'm talking about their names, <laughs> just their names, you know, because when think about it, when you come in, you got to learn, of course, the coaches' names. You got to learn all the players' names, and a lot of times, like I'm, you know, I play defense. It takes a little while to learn those offensive players' names, you know. <laughs> you you call them numbers. Number sixty-one. What's his name again? You know. So you're still figuring out your teammates. You're still getting adjusted, uh. If you're you know not from the area to the climate out here, you know, and what the weather what the weather is, you know. But then, look at it, when you talk about Eggenos, this is a good chance now to actually do work on the field because before that, it was just barely a walkthrough, you know, like now you're moving at faster speeds. Of course, nobody's hitting anybody. But to really get adjusted to offense or defensive uh, um, uh, plays, you got to do it at full speed. You got to see how it matches up. And then you get a good chance to see just that. You really only get to see speed. Who possesses the speed, the the route running, you know, the the, the thinking and adjustments that can go on a fly. This is the seven on seven part of football, you know, the the non, not so real football. But I think it's um very necessary to number one, get all the guys together, get them, you know, get figuring out the chemistry of the team, the camaraderie of the team. You know, everybody has to get to know each other and then also getting acclimated to the playbook, right? And then, you know, come training camp time, you know, that'll be the second time they introduced to these plays to the playbook for all the new guys and the great thing about this year uh brandy is this is the second year for mostly all of the guys except of course the new guys the draft picks the uh, all the free agents that the giants have signed this year but you got a second year on the wings defense kafka's offense and last year there was there was it was the first year so you i, I was a guy who always asked questions if you ask a question last year in a new defense that coach you asked the question to, he's new too. So it, I know it was a lot of times last year that they were like, let me ask Wink about that. I'll get back to you later. Now, not only do you have the coaches with the second year getting the grasp of the defense, but also the players. So now there's not going to be so many unanswered questions in these meetings, oh, right? Because right. that's what it is. You see a scenario and you're like, okay, this will put stress. Uh, this concept will put stress against our cover too, Right. Okay so what do we do as an adjustment or something like that if and that's like a football 300 level course type right. question you know like you don't get those on day 1 you don't get those you know you get those on day 5 day 7 uh from veterans that understand how defenses work and you got to be a high level guy to answer that question or at least have a high level of understanding of what you're running to be able to answer questions like that now they have a roster full of guys who can answer those questions for all of the new free agents and also the rookies as well. Yeah.
2: The 300 level guys are in the same room as the 100 level guys, right? And so that's They're all in the they're same together. All in the same room. So when those answers come up, I mean that's it's actually I mean I, you, you think about Uh, the system and how one would go about installing it. it really is very much like a collegiate course, right? You've got your syllabus, you've got the things that you need everybody to know, the basics that get covered. Um, And then it's really just a matter of kind of bringing everybody along uh, and having that second year, having those guys in the room that are now the two and 300 level guys. They didn't have that last year, to your point, JC. They didn't have that last year. They now have additional resources beyond the coaches that know what's going on. That they, you know, guys that are going to be in their position room that they can talk to and ask questions of and really kind of, uh, you know, get it solid and solidified in their own mind. So I think that's that's yet another um, another feather in the cap, if you will, and another arrow in the quiver this year that we didn't have last year.
0: The guy that you're describing, though, um, is Jihadi Ward in my in my eyes. Jahadi Ward, who is understanding of Winks defense. Who understands what they're trying to accomplish and what they're able to do? I think Jahadi Ward is the guy there who can help bridge that gap from the younger guys to, uh, to with the veterans to the younger guys, making sure that message is getting across the right way. Jahadi's been in Wink System before; he understands what they're trying to accomplish, and it seems like he has stepped up uh, as a veteran. The guys like him; the media doesn't love him. The guys like him, and that's just uh, you know something that it, it's it steps off and does very very well. Uh, for that locker room when Jihadi Ward is very involved with everything.
1: yeah, You, you got to see some guys, like I was always willing to help younger guys. Not all vets are the same, right? I'm not mm-hmm. saying he's not like that. But some guys, man, you ask them a question, they look at you like,
0: <laughs> you
1: better figure they out. said it earlier, bro, like you should have been paying attention. <laughs> like, you know, you can't really fault them for it at the same time because it's all competitive, right? Like, yeah, it would help that your teammate would understand it, but it will also, you know, if y'all play the same position, and yeah, he's put pretty him in good, a bad spot to take your job. You or know, you're giving mm-hmm. information and keys to help him. You know, take your take snaps from you. I, you know, so. I
0: literally just had that mental picture of JC going. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't understand.
1: I I had a guy. I'm not gonna say his name, but he was in New Orleans. He first of all, he wasn't. He was so like. He Didn't take his notebook out for the meeting. Mm. He had his feet kicked up on the desk, Ooh. wasn't paying attention at all. He was so like F this F this stuff. Like, I'm not about to put up with this rookie playing in front of me. Like, I'm not about to put up with that. And he answered none of my questions. Wow. And we were cool. And I would always ask him stuff. I was yeah. a, I was that annoying kid, you know. And and then when I started playing, now I'm really asking questions like bro, like yeah. on cover two, and they run that scene rap, right, blah blah blah. The quarterback's looking at, like I'm asking all of those high-level questions because I'm I'm a rookie. I'm I'm young, I don't know nothing. I was basically just taking a one-on-one course, a two oh two course. Now I'm on 426. Mm-hmm. Like there's some there's a gap there. Stuff. There's some, yeah, man. There's a there, and a lot of veterans did fill that mm-hmm. gap. Scott Shanley w- was a guy that played the position in front of me. Uh Scott Vegeta, of course, Jonathan Vilma. Yeah. I played next wow. to him, so he would. He would move me if if he needed to, (laughs) you know, which he did. (laughs) He did a lot. You know, but then I kind of took that and was like, I'm going to help the guys out, you know. And and as much as I can help, you know, even when I was a full-time starter, um, coach kept me on the special team depth when I was in New York. And I would be third string. We didn't have third string. We just put – so I can go to the meetings because he knew how helpful I was to Mm -hmm. the younger guys. And, like, I would literally be there for guys' horrible footwork because – Uh, A lot of the skill position guys, they're not taught in big skill. They're not taught how to kick slide. So when they get the punt, they struggle because that's just something that's not natural going backwards. DBs can do it. But again, Mm. the footwork's different, right? So I would take – like Andrew Adams. I would take Andrew Adams and be like, bro, put your left foot, put your weight on your left foot and kick. You got to kick back, bro. You're going to get mauled if you don't get depth. Like, I'm I'm on top of them, and I'll show them, like, look what I do to guys. If you're not perfect, if you're not doing your footwork correctly, you're going to have somebody like me who (laughs) understands how this stuff works, that's going to use all the tricks, and he's going to use it against Mm -hmm. you. You know, so I would always try to help guys out, but Randy – Everybody's not like me. Everybody's not like that. Well, so I, hopefully, and look, I think the Giants did a good job in bringing in high character guys that are willing to do that and and willing to to be there to help us support the younger guys and bring them along because I think that's what makes a team uh, get together faster in terms of everybody caught up to the same page.
2: That's the culture they built, right? That's the culture they instilled last year, right? It's it's the team mentality, and they're going to bring in guys that fit that team mentality. Maybe that's one one of many other reasons why DeAndre Hopkins is not going to be a giant, but we'll talk about that later. The question I have, though, the really important question is at what point during the OTAs do they start fucking with each other? Do they start like hazing the rookies a little bit? Do they start doing the practical jokes
1: and the pranks and and all that? Has that started by Oh, absolutely. you got to believe – Like, you know, first of all, first round draft picks, they get all the attention. Mm. You know, that's just that's just what it is, you know. So you better believe Baker has already done some stuff already, you know, uh, for rite of passage. That's Mm. what I think. I think that's just rite of passage. You know, younger guys got to carry equipment, got to get food, got to sing, you know, got to stand up and, you know, tell everybody public information, which is the signing (laughs) bonus and all that, what school you go to, you know, And, and it's so funny. Because man, I remember like some of these guys, man, I'm coming in undrafted and they're making rookies stand up, man, and they're talking about, you know, signing bonus, whatever, four million dollars. And everybody's like, woo. <laughs> man, you, you don't know, like sometimes you don't really know exactly how much these guys is getting. And then you find out like, Hey, he's mm-hmm. good for a long time. Mm-hmm. Even if this football stuff don't work out for him, he's yeah. going to be straight. Uh, boy, my sign of bonus
2: was like five bucks. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I, I have a, I remember about halfway through the 2019 season. I actually remember it was the Monday night game against Dallas where the black cat came on the field. And, uh, I was talking with, oh, Michael, yeah. I, 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 I was talking with Michael Thomas and Michael, um, like you, J.C., very high character guy, great guy, and he says to me, he says some of these guys that we have, they just don't get it. We can spell it out for them, mm-hmm. we can write it to them, but when you like, when we're in man's defense and they're playing zone, and their guy scoring touchdowns on you, there, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing else that we can do besides saying we are in zone, we are in man. Make sure you stick with what you're supposed to be doing. And he said that there was a particular rookie that year who obviously is no longer with the team. Uh And Michael Thomas was just right. looked at me, looked at me and look, he just looked at me and he was just like, there's nothing else more we can do to help him at this point. And I, he told me who it was. Yeah, if he just doesn't get it. He just doesn't get yeah. it. He told me who it was too. And I'm like, I'm not surprised. It was a rookie that year. And, and <laughs> if anyone who really wants to figure it out, the giants traded up in the first round in 2019 to get him. So that's, oh if, so if you can put two and two was together, he, let's see he a corner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> J. Hmm. C. <laughs> got it. J.C. <laughs> Who could that be? I mean, yeah. I saw him playing football.
1: <laughs> I saw him play football. Yeah. It wasn't good. I mean, <laughs> not all the time. Not all the time. It was a little more bad than good. That's I for didn't. Sure. How was I supposed to know we
0: were in man? Because we told you we were in man. Uh, so, oh my God. so, so I let's... mean, you
1: you have you have stuff like that happening, man. And look, like hopefully it's not one of your better players that you rely on because it's like, he's going to play, you know, he's going to be out there. Yeah, sure. And sometimes i call it like a brain fart, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you, you got the coverage you're, you do, and you just played the wrong coverage or you play something else Sure. and that happens, you know, and okay. the good part, the good time, like the good reason another good reason that the guys are together and working together, that you could, you could kind of see some of those things. So like, as an older guy, a veteran, you might want to remind them, Hey bro, we're a mm. man right before the ball is snapped (laughs) you know what I'm saying like because it's like if you could help him how could you help him you know and man this guy you know forgets coverages you can't do a coverage right if you don't know what coverage you're like there's like no way you know because there's so many different coverages if you guess even if you guess man there's different types of man Mm. there's man with single help there's zero man there's two man with two high like you know so it's football is a like, you got you to gotta be on point consistently, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And we talk about, like, the offensive line and what their job means and how they have to be on the same page about every call because if they mess up one time, they can that can be a strip sack, your quarterback can get hurt, yep. you, know, you know, and and it can be completely detrimental to the game and the outcome of the game. So you have to be on point. And I always think, like, Saquon not being – uh, in 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 camp. I don't think it hurts him so much because he's been in the offense. He understands he's a veteran, you know, but I think it helps it, it hurts him with timing with his offensive linemen and mm. the offensive linemen of how he runs the ball and how he cuts back and how he does certain things, how you need to stay on blocks. Yep. And I think that that hurts him not being around right now. And of course no, there's not they're not hitting, but I'm always fully in full support of Everyone showing up for OTAs. Yes, yeah. it's optional. Yes, you don't truly have to be there, but it it helps. Yeah. It helps, man.
2: Every bit of exposure you can get to the teammates, to the team. I mean, it, bonds are formed over shared experiences. And if you're not there sharing those experiences beyond just what happens on the football field, you know, kind of gathering that team mentality, you're missing that if you're not there, right? So Absolutely. B- even beyond just the X's and O's, you know, how, how am I going to take this cutter? How you, you know, how are you going to open up the line so that I can get through that hole? You know, th- that kind of stuff is very important to your point, but you know, the more you can be around one another, the better. Uh, and and that's the kind of stuff that makes a difference when you get to those, you know, November, December games.
0: And, and, and JC, I have to ask this from a teammate perspective to the media when you're in a situation like Saquon's in, it sort of leaves your coaches and your teammates holding the bag a little bit, right? Because now they're coming to you asking you questions about him. And it's, it's, it's sort of as as a teammate, you have to be careful because you're trying not to talk for Saquon in that situation. You're not, cause you're not want to put words out there. You don't want to say, well, you know, he should be here because then you might be starting something that's, not really. Attention yeah. that may not have to be there. Well,
1: <clears throat> Saquon's situation is totally different. You know, he he doesn't have a contract quite yet. Like, he he's not signed to anything, so he, te- mm-hmm. he can't be there. You know, that's, that's a little bit of a different situation, and anybody that understands how the business of, of football works knows that he's probably not going to be around. You know, his situation is different. I'm talking about guys that are locked in contractually-wise. They're not upset. They don't want more, no more money. They're not holding out. They just decide yeah. not to but show up. But they're still not there. Yeah. Right. You know, that's the situation I'm talking about because it's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Look, we all want to be parents. We have kids, guys that have kids. We all want to be parents. We want to be good parents. But I'm sorry. Football comes first. It has to. You can't survive if you are prioritizing anything over football. Mm-hmm. You can't survive you can't and hopefully you're not a single dad not too many NFL guys are single dads that don't have anyone to help them take care of their kids but that would be the only situation that I would think that's okay but even that situation unless something happens to your kid or Mm -hmm. like a graduation or something like that a family event like yes but I'm talking about like not being there for two or three weeks and there's really no good reason like what are you doing yeah. Like oh, yeah. what but, more important do you have to do? What do you? What more important is out there for you to do than football? Oh,
0: well, Your Dexter, bread and butter. Right. Dexter, Dexter, and Leonard reported late, but they were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they yeah. weren't. There, they weren't there the first couple days, and then they, they. I think they said they should. They showed up beginning of this week, so they missed the first week. Anybody so, see
2: how they uh, how they looked when they showed up? Like I always envision those big boys, right? The, those country dudes that come through you know, on the offensive line, on the defensive line. You know, I always imagine them coming in a little robust before you actually have to, you know, kind of get it down to where it's, you know, getting down to your fighting weight. You know what I mean?
1: Does that usually happen, or am I off with that? What? Mm. Man, so many guys, like, like I'm always a guy that stays in moderate shape, you know, and I say moderate shape is probably better than everybody else's moderate shape, you know, but I was always like that. There are guys who don't like to work out. There are guys Mm -hmm. who love to eat and just chill, and you know, they might get a little running in while they're gone, or they might not do anything. Like I remember Darrell Revis. It was in Tampa. It was sometime OTAs, and we were discussing about training camp. He was like, "Bro, I don't do nothing after OTAs. Like I'm." (laughs) I don't train. Like, I just go show up mm-hmm. and I get in shape in camp. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Darrell Rivas. This is yeah. one of the best corners that ever played football. he was a little bit round in training camp when he would show up. <laughs> you know, he'll be on a little bit of a heavier side. Okay. But guys like that, like, that consistently do it. Like, if you're on the bottom of the roster and you're trying to figure out how I'm going to make this team, you don't have a chance to do that. You right. know, you have to be in it several years to go ahead and say oh i can do that because i respond well to it sure so I it out. Yeah. i'll give you one example of something about like what i learned from a veteran player and it wasn't me being lazy it was just me being uh smart about conserving my energy right so when i was young we, we used to do sprints <clears throat> whenever at the end of practice uh 10 hundreds or whatever 17 crossfields, whatever the case may be and they give us a time Devery Henderson was one, arguably one of the fastest receivers on the team for the New York, New Orleans Saints. Whatever his time was, let's say it was 17. Devery Henderson was crossing that line at 17. He was crossing that line at 17, right? Yeah. Not running too hard, right. not running slow, but he yep. made, his made his time every time. My rookie year, I couldn't do that. You know, I, I, I couldn't afford to do that. I needed to be hitting that hitting that thing hard. I didn't show that I'm in shape. You know, making sure I'm good. My third year, though, fourth year for sure, and then years after that, whatever the time is, I'm coming across right at that time, and I'll be mad if I came in earlier. <laughs> like if the time was 17, You're pushing too hard. and I came across that yeah. 16, like, oh, I got to slow
2: it down. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let me get something. I, I want to make sure I understand what you just said to me because I I think my the entirety of my body shuddered a little bit. Did you say 10? 100s as in you sprint 100 yards
1: 10 times in a row yeah it's like after practice too what the yeah (laughs) yeah
2: maybe maybe (laughs) more like Striders. like i knew you
1: guys were in shape but jesus christ maybe (laughs) maybe more like striders you know and this is like a time where you you maybe didn't have a a too hard of a practice or coach wasn't happy about practice Mm. and, and you're running a little extra running yeah yeah Yep, and, oh, and, sh- and the conditioning test, same thing. The conditioning test for me is like, go ahead and hit it if you want to that first one. That mm-hmm. second one is going to be a little harder. It's the hardest because, first of all, it was outside in humidity. It was always like, it could be 75 degrees, but like mm-hmm. 85% humidity. Oh, yeah, no. And it's you like feel 90. like you're dying. Yeah. Yeah. It feels so horrible. Yeah. Um, So breathing is like difficult on okay. days like that. Yep. And, you know, that last one, that it's a, it was a three hundred yard shuttle, and when you had to do all the touches, that was the hardest part. When you had to touch, so at the end, that last three hundred, I don't care what shape you was in, that oh, thing you're... was gonna hurt.
2: Yes, it was
1: gonna hurt. So for me, it was like, why, why, why am I gonna head, go going trying to get there early to to show what? Yeah, what am I showing to any to who? This is <clears> not you're real football. To make it
2: through that three hundred.
1: Only thing you gotta do is pass the conditioning test and you can start camp. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it. So let's just get that done. You know, but the things you learn when you start paying attention to older guys, and it's not like I'm not about cheating or anything like that. No, no. But it's like no, but why would I exert yeah. my energy with something that has nothing to do with football. Mm-hmm. I'm in shape, yes. And then I can go hard on these plays, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm giving my all on every single play, you know, and that's that's all I cared about. I just That's want to let you. Opening.
0: I just want to let you know I can run a 4.0 in five yards. I just want to let you know that. <laughs>
1: ah, five <yard>. Yeah. <laughs> that is a five yard dash.
0: That's a five yard dash. I can do a four. <laughs> I can do a four.
1: Backwards roll. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, like I said, 4.0 in five yards. I can do it. Let's do it.
1: Um, so, <laughs> Randy, Let's... do you know what I? You know? Do you know what I ran a forty yard dash in when I was in college? Oh, uh, please! Oh, sure. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> yeah. Take a guess. Should I guess? Take a guess. Should Both guess? Of y'all take a guess.
2: I'm gonna
1: guess uh uh four five six. Okay, Randy. I'm
0: gonna go four four.
1: Four four. I have the Wisconsin linebacker record at the University of Wisconsin at
2: four three three. Holy man, are you serious? Hmm? There are DBs that don't run that.
1: Yep. I felt my junior year, my senior I got hurt. I felt like my junior year I was the fastest person on the team. Damn. I, I might have not been we had some receivers we had some receivers we had a kid named Jerry Butler who was from Philadelphia who was he was a running back he was really fast but one day I caught him at practice he broke <laughs> and he broke like 60 yards and I came up and, I, and I, t- I touched him out at the end and everybody was like "Yo, I think Ooh. JC's faster Ooh. than we thought because <laughs> they knew I was fast but then I ran down Jerry Butler and Jerry Butler ran like a four to Oh damn you know, you, so <laughs> you were a track guy though,
2: right? You were a track guy, coming yeah, in Before you played. I ran
1: track my my junior, senior year in high school, and even that, my high school coach was like, like he didn't really want me to play run, run track. Mm. Um, but then he saw that I was like running ten eights, and he was yeah. like. Mm. You know what? he would tell the you know. scouts when the scouts come in, you know he's good at track too, right? He's Do they continually test that? Like, you
2: know, every time you hear about somebody's 40, it's what they ran in the combine. Or it's what they ran, you know, before. Do they consistently test what your 40 speed is? Like, because inevitably, when you come in as a rookie, yeah, you're super fast. But there are guys that pack on some muscle, pack on some athletic ability when they're you know training the way that they do for for a pro team. You might even be faster, you know, than than what's listed. Maybe you don't want teams to know. Is that is so? That-
1: the Patriots put you through like a mini mm. combine. If they didn't, if they try to do it to me, and I was like, I ain't running no forty. Like I ain't, I ain't about to oh, run wow. no forty, bro like it was like yeah let's get get your numbers real quick it's like middle of the season like what are we yeah. talking about about yeah. what like <laughs> no but um a lot of times when when guys are trying out for teams you know and then they have some of these workouts they put them through some type of drills i'm not sure 40 yard dash though mm. um but you know it's a it's and you know i, I got a couple guys young guys that 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 look a lot better on film than they do run in their forties. Yeah. It's a it's, it's a very technical race mm. and it's over so fast. If you mess up one time, you're going to run awesome. a really slow yeah. time comparatively to if you don't mess mm-hmm. up. Right. You know, and, and you watch some of these guys who like a Chris Johnson, even a Dominique Rogers, Camardi, these four, three sub four, three guys. They're perfect, bro. They, they run yeah. perfect races. Their technique is perfect. Um, They get to top speed immediately um and and that's Mm -hmm. the thing about the 40 you got to be able to get to that top speed as fast as you possibly can and take as little steps as possible you know there's a whole Mm. technique to it man and i feel bad some guys that don't want that don't test well they don't run well but they they look fast on film you know and yeah like uh um mahomes i think mahomes is a guy he ran like a 4.9 or like yeah, a four, yeah. like a four high four eight mid four eight, he doesn't look like a four eight guy. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I don't want that. I
2: don't want that guy on my team if he can't do a sub four four. He's right? not a
1: four four guy, <clears throat> but he don't look like a four eight guy. He's somewhere four five maybe four six because he runs away from guys. He can always yeah. get side outside of the pocket. You know, he has no problem getting first downs. You know, some guys just play a lot faster, but yeah. a lot of money, a lot of money is relying on that forty yard dash. I've seen guys run four three, and they're like linebackers or defensive ends or something like that. Mm. They don't even do anything else.
2: Yeah, that's it. (laughs) We're good. We're good. Just that's (laughs) That's all. That's that's
1: all they said. They went okay. That's a ten million dollar race. Yeah, four and a half
2: seconds. (laughs) I wonder why. I mean, if that if that's something, I mean, clearly it has something to do with how well they're conditioned, how well they're um, you know how, how intricate they are with their technique, how, you know, committed they are to a technique in order to run a race like that. Maybe that's why so much value is placed on it, but it seems like uh, playing speed is, is what you're would be more interested in. Right. I mean, nobody's sitting on the sideline with a, with a gun and a, and a stopwatch when when the game's going on, you know what I mean? So uh, it makes me sometimes wonder why, Why things like the technique behind the 40, why that's so important or why it's more important than what you see on film, what you see on tape, what you see on Saturday and Sunday when people are playing?
1: I think when you talk about uh, draft stock, Mm -hmm. you got to look at all of the variables and they put a lot on physical performance. How good is this kid? How great of an athlete is this kid? Um, And that is basically your potential, right? Because your film is who you are. Yeah, right. Your athleticism is your potential. I see. So somebody with limited uh, uh, athletic ability, they might think that that's the top of their potential if they had a great successful college career. And you get guys who are blazers that can Mm -hmm. run for two, four, three. Maybe they had, you know, decent college careers. Maybe not the numbers are there. But their potential to be a playmaker or to be an explosive game changer is a lot higher. I see. And look, I didn't make the rules, you know, <laughs> that I was blessed to be able to run that fast, yeah. even though I still went up. Yeah. <laughs>
2: How about
0: it? Uh, I got to I, yeah. I want to transition uh, real quick, guys, because we're running out of time here. Obviously, the big news of last week was DeAndre Hopkins was – Released from the Arizona Cardinals, and the conversation about a number one receiver uh, for the Giants, and of course the receiving core. And last week we had this big conversation about Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton and Waller and all these guys. Um, let's go around here real quick. Ryan, start with you. Are you? Are if you're Joe Shane and Brian Dable, are you going to entertain this? Are you going to look at it? What What's your thought process on it?
2: Politically, yes, uh, and and it's like what they will said. You know, anytime anybody's a free agent that's worth it, worth a half a damn, they're going to get looked at, right? They're going to kick the tires a little bit. Uh, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins represents what this team needs at this point, right? the The money is too high for a guy that is, um, you know. I wouldn't say objectively, but, you know, there are some folks that are saying that he might be on the tail end of his career. Um, There was one executive, I saw an article, one executive even went so far as to say that he's lost the step uh, and he's not what he once was. Um, So to, to take on a guy, it's, I guess it's an intriguing proposition, but at that cost uh, at that level of play, uh, to get the kind of receiver that he would be, and I, I think it's primarily a possession sort of guy, not necessarily the creating separation blazer kind of dude that you know you might see in a Tyreek Hill or or you know somebody like that. Um, I just don't know that that's the kind of player that we're looking for, and at that cost, it's just prohibitive.
1: I think they already got that player. Mm. I think they already got that you know that big time player, that big time receiver. It just plays a different position. I'm talking about Darren Waller, of yeah, course. Yeah, Waller. Now, we possibly overpay for Darren Waller. You know, that that can't happen multiple times a year. That could only happen once, Mm -hmm. right? He's the highest paid paid tight end in the league for a reason. The guy can play. But he also has that that risk factor as well because he's missed a lot of time in the last few years, right? Mm -hmm. And he's a guy who I think undoubtedly is going to be a very focal point for the New York Giants offense and Daniel Jones, and I think he's going to have a great year. If he stays healthy, you know the Giants already made that decision. They already yeah. went after that big name free agent, yeah. um, somebody who we didn't think that was even available, right? And they got him. They paid him. He's fitting into the locker room really well. Yeah. It looked like him and Daniel Jones are hitting it off, and that's what you wanted. It looks like their investment is paying off right now. And of course, we won't be able to figure it out till you know Dallas comes in town in September. You know, and we see Darren Waller and. Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and Eric Gray and oh Jalen Wyatt and all the guys out there for the first time, actually going against pretty good competition, and we're going to see what it's all about. So they already made that move. Uh, yes, they didn't get that number one wide receiver, but they got a number one receiver in their right. receiving friend. Mm-hmm. Yep, and
0: in my, in my opinion, in my opinion of it is, obviously he's had his ups and downs over the last couple of years, both on and off the field this seems like a guy who probably best fit would be either going to gulp Dallas. Cause it seems like this would yeah. be a Jerry. This would be a Jerry Jones move. I, I honestly mm. feel that this is a move that Jerry Jones would probably make. Or, uh, you know, I can see him ending up with like an Oakland or maybe a new Orleans somewhere. I, I can't see him going to Philadelphia. I don't, I don't, Needs well, it.
1: all of those guys got number ones that you just named. Michael right. Thomas is back. You got uh, uh uh Devontae Adams still in Oakland. You know he's not going to go to none of those places because he, he's at least going to be a really, really, really great number two or mm-hmm. solid number one, if not a really good number one. We just, you know, he got basically a year off of football, and he is a little longer in the tooth. You know, he's a little bit older, but I think it has to be a team who. I think needs a number one. I think he's a little better Mm. off than Odell in terms of him, you know, Odell coming off that ACL injury. And we've watched. That would be interesting.
0: Going to Baltimore
1: would be going. That would be
0: really interesting seeing him go to Baltimore.
1: Right. But again, they just signed Odell for all of that money. They drafted a receiver in the first round. I don't see that place happening. Uh, Somewhere he named um, Herbert as one of his favorite quarterbacks. I think that's an interesting place. Mm. You know, they might. Not be able to pay those two receivers over there. I don't really know the contract situation, but they got two really good receivers. I don't know if neither one of them is better than DeAndre Hopkins, though. Yeah. Right. Uh
0: I, I do want to end this tonight on a trivia question. Um uh, no. I was I was gonna tease Ryan with it uh earlier today, but we decided not to. So I was trying to figure Central out the best way on how to do this because it's a giant centric question. So I'm gonna say it like this. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a little easier. Over since 1990, the Giants have been in the Super Bowl three times since nine. Uh, sorry, four times since 1990. Name me the three quarterbacks that took them to the Super Bowl. JC, you start. Go. You can start it off.
1: The three quarterbacks that took them to the Super Bowl. Uh, you got Eli Manning. You got uh, Kerry Collins and Phil Simms.
0: Yep, there it is. There it is. Yep. There. I was I was originally gonna make the question and I'll see if we can do this. Between Phil Sims and Eli Manning, they had, I think believe it was uh five quarterbacks, four or five quarterbacks. Out of those quarterbacks, Ooh. who had the best winning percentage?
1: Ooh. So so you said between Phil Sims and Eli Manning. And Eli Manning?
0: Yep. Kurt Warner.
2: <laughs> I was just gonna say, it might be Kurt Warner.
0: Yeah, huh. Kurt Warner was. with Kerry Collins. Boy, I'm hot. You're on fire, dude. Kerry Collins hot. being Kerry Collins number two being, being two games two. over being two games over 500 at 35 and 33. So wow. <laughs> I like I like throwing. So when I first shivers. started watching,
2: yeah, when I first started watching Giants football, Kerry Collins was under center.
1: Yeah, same here. I'm a oh, yeah. transplant. I grew
2: up in Texas, so that oppressive heat you were talking about, I know.
1: <laughs> I know what
2: you're saying.
1: Yeah. I, I remember I had met uh Kerry Collins, Tiki Barber at some mm-hmm. event when I was a little kid. And it was them them uh them little snap pictures where you yeah. wind it up. Yeah. So you know you could only see the picture right. as you take it. Sure. You don't see you know disposable anything right camera. Away. Yeah, man. A disposable camera, right? I forgot the the name of it. So I told <laughs> I told one of my friends, I said, Hey man. Get her get a picture of me shaking Kerry Collins' hand. He's like, "All right." So he took it. You know, two weeks later, I get it back and I look, and the picture is just me and Kerry Collins. Hand. <laughs>
0: you asshole!
1: <laughs> yes, there it is. We didn't have to do anything yeah, other than that the you couldn't even check if it was a good nope. picture or not. No I, I, You listen. could have a
2: whole roll that's totally fucked, and you would not know it until you got it back.
1: I gotta tell you <laughs> something.
0: We we don't even need a story time with JC. There it is, right there. That. Oh no, no that's, that's it, right there. <laughs> JC, we are we are officially oh, two weeks away from your camp. Let's let's keep plugging, baby. Yeah. What's what's going on?
1: Yeah, man. I'm I'm excited. Uh like you said, uh was, we're less than two weeks out, about what, 10 days out, or 11, 12 days out uh from the camp. My math is terrible. It's probably like a lot more than that or less. <laughs> I don't know. But it's June 10th, it's at New Brunswick Middle School. Uh I'm probably gonna post tomorrow. I've been working on some uh some videos and promo videos and stuff from from prior years that we've had content from. So that's about to get leaked out. I'm expecting to fill up quite, quite quick, you know, and, and it's, it's been good. I'm very excited about this camp and uh, we're still, you know, kind of tightening things up right now and I'm looking forward to it. Well,
0: cool. it's it's always a good camp and the success stories that I've seen that you've told me about and I've seen has been absolutely amazing from it. Um, and uh, you know, we wish you all the success with it. And we're looking forward yeah. to hearing uh, what comes out of it. Of course, this year, uh, i guys follow the show. Big Blue report on social media and on all of your podcast platforms. Uh, Ryan Darlington's been signing autographs for the last six weeks, people are starting to recognize him. Um, you know, that's he's not true, he, <laughs> that's not true. That's <laughs> that's not, not true. Uh, I'm trying to build you up, man. I'm trying yeah, to, I know, yeah. <laughs> Guy can't even go out for dinner anymore, he gets mobbed by single. <laughs>
1: single Hey, hey, next time we get on, like unplug that router real quick before we start. Right? Yeah, unplug
0: it, plug it back. In. I gotta
1: do that like on a weekly basis here at the house. Yeah. Well,
0: I I got to I just gotta tell you though, um, there's one thing I have to say. I hate the internet, but that's okay. The internet service sometimes stinks, but, um, so the only other thing, obviously, like, follow the show. Uh, follow Ryan um, on Tinder and follow JC on all of his social media <laughs> accounts. <laughs> uh, hey, I,
2: I do want to say one last thing. I don't know that he'll ever see the show, but it is my son Tucker's birthday tomorrow. I do want to give him a big shout out. I love you, buddy. Yeah, 12 years old. You're the best thing in my life. I fucking love you. I just love you. So okay. happy birthday, buddy! Happy, happy birthday, Tucker! Vlad. Yeah, yes. man, looking forward to this weekend.
0: Guys, we will see you next week right here on the Big Blue Report. Hopefully this week week, I will be at OTA so I can give you a little bit more detailed report. JC will be there. JC will probably be in the cafeteria and then in the workout room or maybe working out in. maybe he might be working out in the cafeteria. You never know. know, Those wings are magical. (laughs) We'll see you next week here on the big blue report.